Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn, and I am joined by Ryan. Ryan, how's it going? I prefer to be called Detective Ryan going forward. Okay. I've, I've adopted a new styline. I recently completed my uh, private eye uh, mm-hmm. classes. Mm-hmm. I'd like to be called Detective Ryan. Mm. I actually recently completed my public eye classes, but your thing's pretty uh, pretty cool too, I guess, <laughs> if, you're, if you're into that yeah. sort of thing. Uh, you really completed your brown eye classes. I'm that's hearing. also true, yeah, and my pink, <laughs> and then related my pink eye classes. And that's, uh, so I've got, I really got all three. I'm, co- I'm collecting them all. Oh, uh, uh, we're starting the podcast off with poop jokes. It's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Always a good sign. Um we have a uh, we have another watch list here for you. I don't know what you people expect at this point. We're, we're I mean, what else are we gonna have? It's, it's, it's a pretty formulaic podcast. Yeah. Kind of line them up, knock them down. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> you know what you're gonna get here. I don't know why you thought you'd maybe be getting something else other than the watch list. It's the watch list. It's Thursday. That's what we do on Thursday. Um, we've got uh, we've got the games. We've got the games to watch. We've got the content that you crave. Um, I don't know if we have anything that can justify wasting any more time before we jump into this. Um, yeah, no more shenanigans, no more goofing around, I su- no more ballyhoo or tomfoolery. I, I suppose uh, I could uh, I suppose I could sell things. We could probably sell some things real quick if you wanted to do that. You just want to sell now and Yeah, uh, let's 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 sell some things. We're gonna start at the top by telling you to go to meetatmidfield.com and uh, subscribing. We are going to have I suppose we might already have I'm gonna talk very loosely here because there's No, just it's gonna be published by the time you say this. So just okay. uh just get, swing away. Um I'll 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 let you do it then. I think that this is uh, more up your alley than it is mine. This oh is your boy! Baby. <laughs> if you have not yet been to the website today or yesterday, oh, dude. we got confirmation via public records request that former Ohio State All American and graduate assistant who used to be a coach at Ohio State, Kirk Barton, illegally accessed Ohio State practice film to publish uh, information on schematics, personnel changes that Ohio State described as damaging to the program. Um, they denied this publicly for many months. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has now been confirmed. We have it in writing via J.R. Emig. Yeah. Uh, via, again, a public records request. Um, Kirk Bart lied. People died. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> really, just one yeah. died, but the rest of <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. We don't not have it in writing. That is we don't have that in writing. We are not yeah. uh, making any allegations, but mm-hmm. allegedly. Allegedly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> allegedly however alleged. we are not making allegations. yeah others have said yeah. not us yeah um, many people are saying <laughs> <laughs> yeah many uh, many untrustworthy message board posters who cannot be believed uh which is really what the story is all about is untrustworthy message board posters if you're a guy <laughs> like if you're who don't care about high school football at all but you just love message boards as i think most of our listeners do right if you're listening to this hope. podcast you, yeah. you probably love message boards. yeah yeah it's one of the greatest tales of message board drama of all time yeah, it's it's right up there with that guy. I don't know if you know the story, Patrick. The guy on the rivals board who uh, posted about Osama bin Laden's assassination like eight hours before it was public news. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever hear this one? No. Oh yeah, That's dude. So there good. was a guy who just happened to be connected to uh, SEAL Team Six somehow. <laughs> had like family in SEAL Team Six, and uh, he posted that the raid had worked successfully like before it was public news. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, there, yeah. There, there really are. That that would be a a worthwhile. This is number two behind that. <laughs> yeah, that would be a worthwhile uh, maybe meet at midfield.com post at some point. Is the the greatest message board uh, posts of all time. The great the greatest message board situation. There's a lot out there. There was of course the uh, the the Arkansas fans who fired uh, Houston Nutt. We love that. We love fans. Well, you that have is... of course the Alabama fan who thought that Tua didn't speak English because he's from yeah. Hawaii. Yeah, that one that one is very good. Um, a lot of them I think would come from the SEC. But this is really this is the Big Ten 
keeping pace. Honestly, this is this is the Big Ten finally stepping up, and you know it's it's investing more in football, and part of that is having more psychotic fans on message boards. The fans need to be more out of control. They need to be committing actual crimes. They need to be they need to be getting banned from the university that they portend to uh, to cover because they stole practice footage. It's it's that's right. That is what that is uh, that's killer mindset right there. That's uh, that that's that's what the SEC has had over the Big Ten is just message board posting. That's the only advantage it has. And the better part is too is you know there are gonna be some real freaks who are going to respond to this by being like uh, well, I think it's good he's risking it to go get yeah, practice footage for us. He's like, doing, I'm glad we have more insider access. He's doing journalism. <laughs> That's what yeah. journalism is all about, man. Uh, uh, it's about getting paid sources yeah. uh, allegedly <laughs> to allegedly do a lot of things for you. Um, uh-huh. We'll get more into it on the article. You can go ahead into the boards for if you want more discussion on this. Patrick, we have a lot of football to get to. We do. But before we do that, I'm also going to sell people Home Field Apparel. Homefieldapparel.com. Oh, right. I've heard of it. It's high-quality collegiate vintage apparel. Um, and if you use the code meet at midfield, you can get 15% off your first purchase. And that's any right. number of clothing, uh, pieces of clothing that you want to purchase there. If you want to get one, that's fine. Two. Sure. Go for it. Three. Even better. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You can go, you can go as high or as you go want. Nuts with it. Yeah. You could buy every shirt and sweatshirt and sweatpants. And, and I think they got stickers on the website. You can buy all of it. And, and well, I do, I do believe they only allow you to buy in prime numbers though. Is that correct? That, that, that is, uh, that is true. And that's, that's just a, an accounting quirk and you know, it, it is what it is, but um, yeah. you're gonna. So first, before you go to Homefield Apparel, you're gonna need to figure out what the highest prime number is. And we both know the answer, <laughs> and I'm not gonna tell you because you need to figure it out on your own. But we both let it be let it be known. We both know what the highest prime number. Oh, is. Oh yeah, we know a lot of high um, numbers. Yeah, we know a lot of high numbers, and we both know them off the top of our heads. We could name any number of of numbers. I mean, we we could yeah, go. We just don't feel like it right yeah, now. Yeah, we could go for hours on just saying saying our favorite numbers and even our least favorite numbers. And if you are. Uh, if you're aware of numbers, if you've heard of numbers, you have opinions on numbers, you should go to homefieldapparel.com and you should use the code meet at midfield for perhaps the greatest number of all, 15% off. And that is wow. uh, that's your first purchase. It is like I said, any number. And there of, are there are apparel. a lot of reasons you like the number 15, right? There's a lot of things associated with that. Uh-huh. Um, that I'm legal, that... legally I'm not allowed to speak about this, but uh, it's you know, it, it's uh yeah, no comment at this time. Um Okay. But uh yeah, Home Field Apparel, 15% off your first purchase, homefieldapparel.com, use the code meet at midfield, all one word. Um I suppose you could probably also follow them on Twitter. It's Home Field Apparel. Uh, just if you search Home Field Apparel, I think you'll probably find it. I don't, I don't it, It'll come up. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll figure it. I have a guess that you have mutual followers with home field if you listen to this podcast i'm going to be honest with you uh you almost certainly are aware of home field apparel but if you have not yet if you're if you're a fan of kramer the dog and you're looking for other kind of uh similar related accounts you want to be following home field yeah yeah it's uh really one and two there they are the many say that sort of the Dwayne wade and lebron james of uh of twitter two very currently a, a duo that is very relevant yeah in, uh, the in carmelo basketball. anthony and danilo gallinari of twitter. yeah exactly yeah yeah that's uh you can tell how up i am on nba stuff that that's the first duo i can think of <laughs> Dwayne mm-hmm. wade and lebron um but yeah if you uh if you're a big Dwayne wade and lebron guy go to homefieldapparel.com all right weeknight games uh we we've got two here there are three but we put these out on thursdays so the wednesday night game you will have already seen uh, louisiana at marshall um yeah 
we were busy. We had girls to hang out with. Yeah, that's uh, whatever you guys were doing was cool. If you watched the game, but we were uh, we were actually we were both at pink eye class, uh, and we're, we're working our way through that. So us and Stephen A. Smith were at pink eye, pink yeah. eye class. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, did you see that story this week? I did. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I did. I can't wait for when he's a senator. I think it's going to be really cool. Um, we're going to get we're going to get very funny results out of that. Uh, Guantanamo Bay game here is Baylor at West Virginia. This is on Thursday at seven thirty p.m. on ESPN to why are these guys playing on thursday it does the big 12 doesn't usually do this right yeah i don't know i guess i guess maybe it's a response to some of the lost inventory from other conferences this is usually like an acc domain if i recall correctly yeah or an aac domain yeah uh, i think occasionally there are thursday night games i don't know i would like to i believe ben Koo has pointed this out on twitter recently ben Koo, friend of the show uh owner of awful announcing the comeback mm-hmm. um that used college football used to dominate Thursday night football before the NFL took the night slot. Yeah. And now that Thursday night football is exclusively on streaming, I think they should be a little more ambitious with what games they're putting on. Yeah. Right? It, it almost seems like there has been a little bit of that. There have, they have not put like good games on weeknights, but there have been, it seems like a little more of them. Right. Um, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just remembering wrong, but I don't remember there being, you a know, lot my of... opinion that we should have college football Wednesday through Saturday, every week of the year from Labor Day to the end of November. That is, yeah, that is, that's, that's true. And that is also correct. It's the objectively yeah. correct opinion. Yeah. I like weeknight, weeknight games. And that is a, uh, it's a good point of like, we used to have them a lot. There used to be like good games on weeknights. Um, you would get, uh, Virginia Tech obviously is the one that I think people probably most associate with weeknight games. Uh, they, they the, that was, mm-hmm. You know, ACC did a lot of those, but, you know, 2000s especially, there were always really good games on Thursday night. Yeah, Boise um, State played on weeknights a lot, if mm-hmm. I recall correctly. Yeah, and it's it's just, it's uh, it's a helpful way to see teams that are good that you maybe don't get to see very much otherwise, right? Like, I think that yeah. uh, a team this year that would be Thursday night Warriors would be, like, Syracuse. I think Syracuse would do great on Thursday nights this That'd year. That'd be awesome. Purdue. Um, yeah, uh, Purdue. Absolutely. Yeah, there are they're uh, just uh, Oregon State, Washington State, I think kind of the same team. Um, right. They play on, fr- those teams play, well, there's a lot of Pac-12 Friday night games i feel like those teams are always on friday night which i like Um, i'm glad that that i'm glad that that does exist but uh it's it's too bad that they have sort of that the nfl has so significantly altered the way that the ncaa schedules because like i don't know i feel like there are football fans who don't really care about the nfl right there's not like a ton it's like us yeah yeah, i'm I'm admittedly a very casual nfl fan like i love i I root for the steelers and i care about them but like you know the buckeyes are like 95% 95% of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's like the other 4% is like other college football games and 1% is the Steelers. Like that's, that's kind of how I feel about the sport. Yeah. And I can't imagine that we're alone in, in that I would have to think, especially for teams who are actually involved in the games that it would still be a draw over like, fuck. It seems like the Thursday night game. I never, I don't ever watch the NFL Thursday night game or really the NFL, but it seems like every week it's like, Oh, the dolphins versus the fucking chargers or something. It's like, I don't give a shit. I don't care yeah. about these teams. Why yeah. would I care about this? Well, this... You, you did pick a bad year. Those teams are good this year. Oh, bad, bad year for you to pick those two teams. Uh, but, okay. you it's, know, it's, uh, it's the Texans versus the Raiders. Okay, great. Okay, that's good. That's a good yeah, one, Pat. cool. Thanks. <laughs> good. That, that, sounds, <laughs> uh, that sounds really good to me. Yeah, cool. I, I do think, just as a quick aside, too, I think we 
are going to work on getting a playback stream going for a weeknight game soon. We talked we about are. it previously. Yeah. Yeah. That is on our agenda to make that happen. There's a lot of things on our agenda. We have a, mm-hmm. a long agenda and it's it's uh, very pointed, but that's certainly on it. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we, we do plan to do a, a flipping the field specific playback stream uh, for, a, for a weeknight game here yeah. uh, coming soon, I will say, here within the next couple mm-hmm. of weeks. Uh, so you can look forward I'll be, to I'll be streaming with uh, some Argentinian wine in my hand. It's our last podcast, yeah. Patrick, from Broadcast United States. Yeah. For now. Yeah, yeah. And for, for now. But uh, yeah, Ryan has been, once again, he has been extradited. Uh, he, he, will be, he will be forced out of the country within days. I'm going to um, beat the case. Yeah, you're going to beat the case. Everybody believes in you. Uh, and uh, I can't believe, really, honestly, I can't believe that you pulled Johnny Cochran as your lawyer. I, did, <laughs> I thought he was dead. I didn't even know. I didn't did you even see know he was uh, there was a news all. article this week that that OJ I, I love I love whenever OJ is in the news yeah. uh he said that he doesn't like to eat dinner in Los Angeles anymore because he's worried he could be sitting next to the person who did it uh, <laughs> I did see that yeah a little while ago that's so good <laughs> he's really fun I mean you gotta give credit to him he's yeah. a funny guy yeah, like you say gotta... what you want to you might be a murderer <laughs> sure like he's a funny dude you gotta give it to him he's charming I got you know yeah. what yeah he's charming I get it <laughs> Did he kill somebody? Probably, but who's for me to say? It's yeah. not for me to say. That's for a, that's for a jury of his peers to decide, folks. And I don't and know what did. to tell you. And they did. <laughs> and everybody was like, "Okay, yeah, you know what? He went through the process, and that's that's all that they cared about." Um, yeah. Anyway, the Guantanamo Bay game is Baylor at West Virginia on Thursday <laughs> night. Um, I don't think we have a ton to say about this one, given <laughs> given the last couple of minutes. I think Baylor's going to win. I think West Virginia is competent and not not like outright bad but i would guess that baylor is better i don't think west virginia's defense is good enough to keep it close yeah i mean that's the biggest difference right it's like baylor baylor clearly doesn't have the kind of the top end talent experience this year to beat some of the best teams in the big 12 but they can handle wu like they're just yeah. uh they're just a better coach team um they know what they're doing more like blake shapen's imperfect but he, he can he can play against this team i'm not worried at all i, I yeah. think they roll yeah this is there are two uh really Big 12 bottom feeders who are dangerous in different ways. Iowa State is the one who will keep every game close. They're just going to lose. Iowa State's going to end up going like four and eight with uh, eight one score losses because um, they just they slow the game down and their defense is decent. But West Virginia is the one who could actually jump up and beat some teams, but Baylor is not the team. Um, I, I think West Virginia is very well designed to jump up and beat like a TCU style team or a, like a you know maybe a Texas, things like that, where it's uh, these teams are a little bit more volatile and maybe West Virginia can get them on a bad night. I don't know that Baylor is really built to have good or bad nights. They just kind of have Baylor games. They just play Baylor games. Like every every week is a Baylor game, um, and you kind of know what you're going to get. Even with some volatility at quarterback for them, I, I can't imagine that this is the kind of game where West Virginia can really make something of it. Um and then most wanted on Friday at 7.30 on ESPN, Navy at SMU. Uh, it's been a bad couple of weeks for SMU. SMU has not been especially impressive this season in general. We have talked at length about the, the need to, uh, to to put Tanner Mordecai out to pastor and to, to move on to Preston Stone. Um, Navy, meanwhile, I don't think we talked about this on the recap. I also didn't know that it happened until today. Um, Navy beat Tulsa 53 to 21. Did you know this? Have you no, seen this? Have no, you heard I didn't about see that this? game at all. Uh, <laughs> Holy it's very shit. funny to go from losing to Delaware to doing that. Yeah. Losing to Delaware and scoring seven points again, against Delaware to putting 53 on Tulsa. Um, boy, howdy that that's, I don't know that that is a reflection on Navy at that, that is, point. That's literally it's Joe Biden's America right there. That's, yeah. I mean, yeah. Delaware winning. That's, this is what happens. Yeah. Delaware beating 
the troops. Delaware is holding the troops down, but Tulsa can't do it. Um, that is, the, <laughs> there's a point with service academies with the triple option specifically where the score, and I don't know exactly what the point is, but where a high score goes from being an impressive reflection on the triple option team to a very, very strong indictment of the team that is giving up that many points. Mm-hmm. And 50, you just didn't prep. You just didn't try. And uh, and 53 is beyond that. 53 is above the limit <laughs> where it would be impressive, and it makes me think rather, uh, oh, Tulsa just didn't prepare for the triple option. They just skipped that. They were they were preparing for their next game, and they decided that they would just take the loss in, in, the, in the triple option game and then move on, which is very yeah, funny. They had no they had no interest in being there whatsoever. There was yeah. no, no one on that team wanted to be on that feeling that night. yeah i mean like, I, they're I, also they're really missing joe gillespie by the way yeah. uh I, I know we've talked about that program at being ups downs like how, losing joe gillespie to to uh tcu yeah. has been tough yeah i would almost maybe just fire phil montgomery and then go hire joe gillespie as the head coach this offseason because it doesn't sure. seem like phil montgomery does anything at all it kind of feels like it was maybe just joe gillespie who was keeping them alive these last couple years um yeah, that uh, it reminds me a couple years ago. I I can't remember which one it was. I think it was Army uh, played Major Applewhite's Houston in a bowl game and put like sixty three points on them. Do you remember this? Uh, not off the top of my head. Oh man, it was a it was a a true ass whooping. Um, let me see if I can find it. But it it was it was um, hmm. Yeah, 2018, Army scored 56 points, or won by 56 points. They beat up, that's right, Army 70, Houston 14. And I I believe that's the game. That is dirty business. I believe that's the game that got Major Applewhite fired, Um, which, yeah, that'll that'll happen. You can't do that. And this, uh, that was was sort of one of those games. So Navy, I'm not sure I'm going to take a ton from them doing that. That that feels like more of an indictment of Tulsa. Um, But I am interested here because I don't think SMU is very good. And I could see them also being a team that just does not have any answers for the triple. And so... Maybe uh, Navy does end up becoming like near a bowl team this season, despite not being good, just because nobody in the AAC wants to prepare for the fucking triple, so they just don't. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess that's the thing is if you just think that that Navy's a terrible team and you don't really care about that, <laughs> I guess like maybe that's your your response is uh, yeah. is let's just punt on this one and think we can beat them off talent. That usually doesn't work that way with triple. No, like uh, I would not recommend yeah, doing that. Pretty much never. Pretty much never yeah. works. Like that's sort of they the whole always fails. Yeah, that's like the whole thing that they're kind of hoping you will do. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you will think you can just beat them with talent, and then they will hold the ball for forty five minutes, and that that will be the end of the game. Um, yeah. yeah would be it's very funny to be doing that in in 2022 as a guy who like at at Tulsa specifically Phil Montgomery's been there a while he knows this he he would be aware that that is the case and uh, I guess Rhett Lashley is is new in town maybe maybe he has a better sense of uh, needing to actually play defense against the triple option but we'll see interesting to keep an eye on Um, Saturday noon Guantanamo Bay game Penn State at Michigan on Fox um, I, I believe you said on on Twitter that you don't feel great about Michigan in this one, and I'm curious. I, this why. game, well, this game in a, on a betting standpoint is a complete stay away for me because yeah. all of the numbers say you should be picking Michigan here. Like all the analytics, whether it's uh, SP Plus, FEI, FPI, they all have Michigan favored by a good bit. Um, that have been said, and of course, it's also a home game for Michigan. Uh, just on a matchup situation, I don't know. Like I, I think basically Michigan has played one of the weakest schedules in the country of any serious team to date. Yeah. Uh, they struggled through the first half with all three power five teams they played, right? Like they played into the fourth quarter with Maryland. They didn't pull away from Indiana until after halftime. Uh, that Iowa game 
Iowa never really had a chance they could move the football, but like, you know what I mean? But Iowa was, was keeping it close for, for like three quarters. Yeah. Um, I, I guess my complaint is just that like Penn State, on the other hand, has been through a war with Purdue. Like they have a pretty impressive road win over a team that's about to be five and two yeah. um, to open the season. They've been a little bit more battle tested. I think also one of Michigan's biggest weaknesses here, uh, they've had a, the defensive line has been better than I thought it would be with all the talent production they lost, but it's still not really an impressive defensive front. And their linebackers in particular have been pretty poor. They've been banged up, of course, but they have not been very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Nick Singleton is so good at creating explosive runs for Penn State that if those linebackers are missing on, on tackles, they're not filling gaps correctly, if they're not run fitting well, he is just going to take off for 60 plus yard runs at will. Mm-hmm. Like, now, Blake Corum is a better running back than Nick Singleton, but Penn State's defense is much more disciplined than Michigan's is. Um, yeah. I know Brent, Brent Pry is gone, but I, and the numbers don't say that's a Penn State's defense, but I kind of trust them a little bit more here. They've also had a better pass defense. They're going to, I think, be able to uh, dare J.J. McCarthy to throw. I know this is essentially what a lot of other teams have done, and, and he has not really... Basically, Blake Corum is just making plays happen out of nowhere, right? Like, I, like that's what he's been doing the whole game. Blake Corum is just going into piles and somehow disappearing 50 yards later for a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, I just don't think they can do that against a team that's as close to them in talent as Penn State is. Uh, I think it's going to dry up a little bit. But, again, this is just a vibe-based kind of read for me. I, I don't want to bet on this game in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I, I, I can understand that. I would... Comparing the schedules, I don't know that Penn State's is that much more impressive. I mean, on the aggregate, no, it's not. But that Purdue yeah. game is what I'm pointing to. Yeah, but like I don't know. They and also, they blew out Auburn. Like Auburn's about the same as these teams that Michigan has played, and Penn State actually has a road blowout as opposed to just full in round. I get. I mean, Michigan beat the shit out of the three non-conference teams that they played, and they weren't any good. But Auburn is also really bad. Um, I think Auburn's a roughly equivalent team to to Indiana. Mm-hmm. And, and Penn State looked a lot better against Indiana, or against Auburn than, than I think. In fact, they're a better team than Indiana is. Yeah. Uh, and Penn State looked a lot better against Auburn than Michigan did against Indiana. That's a, that's the only consideration. I just I don't know. I I don't see Michigan pulling away from anybody this year, and I think Penn State has more experience in close games than this team does. Yeah, yeah. I I, I do wonder if on the aggregate has Michigan played six games already? Is that what am I? What am I thinking? Yeah, about? yeah. They played their three non-conference games. They played Iowa, Maryland, and Indiana. Okay, that's so. Penn State had a um, had a bye then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. I was I was wondering. I was like, why is why am I remembering Michigan playing an extra game? Um. Yeah. I I don't know because I think on the aggregate of of at Purdue and then Northwestern at home for Penn State, compared to Michigan played what Maryland, Indiana, and and Iowa. I don't know yeah. that it's that different. Like I think Iowa and Purdue are not that far apart. Um, maybe Iowa's defense is certainly very good and Michigan didn't have a ton of issue with that it did enough um Maryland just proved that, I, it was, I, that it's pretty know. close to Purdue like per, Purdue's a, a more balanced team than, than Michigan which I'm sorry than, than Iowa is which matters too like, what right, about, Purdue, like how about the Maryland, reason Iowa though? the I mean, reason Iowa got choked out by Michigan is that they couldn't move the ball at all so they were just losing field position battles and their defense was playing on short fields yeah Purdue can move the football which is a different, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. I, I'm not saying Penn State's going to win. In fact, I think they'll lose, but yeah. I do think they can cover that plus seven and a half, wherever it's at right now. Yeah, I, I can I can understand that. I am still of the opinion, maybe I'm just, uh, you know, refusing to admit that my priors were wrong. That could certainly be a case. I do, I love to do that. I'm always doing that. Yeah, you're um, always doing that. I don't, I don't think Penn State is good. <laughs> I don't think it has very many good players. I don't think it can really move the ball against a decent defense. Um, it didn't against Northwesterns, and that defense is terrible. Uh, I know that it was in a storm, but also like 
I've watched Sean Clifford for five years now, and I know that he's not a good quarterback. I've seen him play. I know he's not. Sure. You, I, people can say that he is. He's not. I know he's not. I've watched him play. Um, and so I don't – I just don't trust Penn State. I like Nick Singleton. I think he's quite a bit better than we expected him to be, and even being pretty high on Nick Singleton. Um, they have had some young guys in general uh, outside of him step up, but also like – I don't know. I think Michigan is good, and I don't think Penn State is good. And Michigan gets this game at home. <laughs> I, I just, I, I can't see. I don't think that Penn State plays a style that lends itself really to upsets. They want to be more talented than you, and they're not more talented than Michigan. And usually, when that's the case, you lose the game. Uh, when you're, when you're built like that, it's just kind of how it is. I don't think that Penn State's on the level of Ohio State or Michigan this year. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, I don't think they're going to win. Like I said, I just think it's a more competitive game than perhaps people are giving it credit for. Yeah. Um, and I think Michigan is like seems pretty constitutionally incapable of pulling away. Yeah. And I agree that Penn State is not built for upsets right now, but they have been in the past, right? Like when Ohio State was about this far away from talent uh, from Penn State, as Michigan is currently from Penn State. This is when Penn State was able to beat Ohio State a couple times. And like, yeah. I, I think that's just maybe what my I'm going back to. I was not the same football teams at all. Um, but I, I guess I keep thinking of Michigan as a, they're a one man football team, right? Blake Corum is that football team. And it's just hard to beat good teams with one guy. You can do it. I, I just think it's a lot harder than it is to uh, do that to Indiana and to Iowa. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I think Michigan probably has more going on than we're maybe giving it credit for with, with Blake Carl. Like, I think that defense is very good. I think that the defense is full on very good. Um, the strength of it has shifted. It's not, you know, the, the front seven, like it has been in recent years. I think the secondary is really where the strength is, but I, I still think that that can apply, uh, to, to big 10 play. I don't think it's that major a, a shift, even if it looks different. I do think that they're still very strong defensively. Um, but, uh, and I also, I don't know that Penn state has the top end talent to really expose the fact that like, yeah, Michigan's receivers aren't very good, or at least not as good as maybe they are touted as I, I just, I don't know that Penn state has the, the players to do that because, you know, Michigan doesn't have big names necessarily in the trenches outside of maybe Mozzie Smith, but like Penn state sure doesn't either. There, I, I, Penn state does not have like a, a top tier edge rusher or really anything of the sort. They're disciplined, but that's, um, I like the Anthony Sutton a good bit. <sighs> He's fine. I, 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 there's not a, um, there's not, there's a, not a difference maker. Sure. Yeah. There's, they, there's, I, they have Joey Porter Jr. Secondary, but there's not a, there's not a guy. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's not a Nodafe away. Like there's not like a, a first round pick. I don't think on this, on this defense. And in, in, fair enough. So I, I just, I don't know that they're going to have the guys to really expose uh, the issues that we do think Michigan has in the skill core. Should be fun to watch though. Should be an interesting game. I, yeah. Um, Another big 10 game here in the list too. In the most wanted category. I'm excited about uh, Minnesota, Illinois. Yeah. Um, Crazy high under uh, over under on this one. They have it at thirty seven and a half. Way too high. Mm. Too too high, meaning that they're going to go over, or too high, meaning that it's going to be under. Oh, they're going to go way under. This is number one and number three defenses in the country, and all they want, they only have one way of moving the football. They're just they're mm. both two awesome run defenses that only have running backs, and it's just going to be another like nine to six stalemate. Hmm. Man, I, I I sort of I picked the over for this. I kind of have the same feeling for this that I did for the the whatever the Iowa game was earlier this year. I don't remember which one it was, and that one didn't hit, but, like, I don't know. I think these offenses are quite a bit better than Iowa's is, uh, and I think that they are capable of scoring, uh, which is why Maybe. which is why I'm I'm cautious of a line like that, bec- or of a, an over-under like that, because usually if I'm going to 
think that a, a game is going to be really low scoring, if I'm confident in a game being really low scoring, it's because I don't think the offenses are good. I think these offenses are fairly good, or at least competent. Um, the defenses are also obviously very good, but I, I don't think that it's going to be the kind of thing where they're just nobody can do anything offensively. I think that there is offensive talent in this game. I think these are just two of the best defensive coordinators in America and Joe Rossi and Ryan Walters. And um, while I appreciate Mo Ibrahim and Chase Brown a lot, they are two fantastic players. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just not going to bet on those guys picking up chunk yardage at will in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if they're not doing that, there's no one else on the field who can do that for either team. Do we know if Mo, Mo Ibrahim is playing in this game? It's not confirmed yet, but okay. I believe he's yes, going It to. says here expected to play Saturday. At yeah, Mo. the line jumped from the opening line of uh, uh, Minnesota favored by three and a half to Minnesota favored by six and a half the time we're recording. Yeah. So that is pretty much indication he's going to play. Yeah. So beyond just thinking about the amount that's going to be scored here, um, what do you expect here? Because I, I kind of... I don't know. I know it's at it's it's you know at Illinois. I know that Minnesota got quite a bit of hype early on in the season. I kind of think Illinois is just going to do what Minnesota does, but better, like it has all year to Big Ten. That's West exactly is. what I think. Yeah. yeah, I think I think Illinois just like. Have you ever seen the movie Annihilation? No. Okay, minor spoiler here for 2018 sci-fi movie that came out in eight twenty four, but at the end of or not the end of it, like towards the end of Annihilation, there's a scene where this person gets like the source of the whole sci-fi situation mm-hmm. and they go in this thing and there's like a bean of pure light basically okay that like mirrors their every movement and, and like does everything they do perfectly on time uh that is except like a little bit faster a little bit better and they're like stronger because they're a, a bean of pure energy that's you know from space yeah uh that's kind of what illinois is illinois is kind of like a being a being of pure energy from space coming to mirror what you do in the big 10 west mm-hmm. uh they just do it a little bit better than everyone else does like they are defending a little bit faster they're running a little bit better. They're creating a little more space for the running back. Like, if they ever get a quarterback here, they're going to be really, really good. But what they're doing right now is working at a very high level. It, it, yeah, absolutely. And and I will uh, I I will say regarding that movie, uh, that's Space Jam. You've described Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> you should watch Annihilation. It's one of the best sci-fi films of the last of the last decade. It's a gritty remake of Space Jam. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I I think uh, that's the thing is like. You know what Illinois did against Iowa. I don't think is entirely reflective what, of what Illinois wants to do offensively, because what Illinois wants to do offensively is what you do, but better. It's just you know, uh, oh, we're playing against you know, the Mickey Mouse Minnesota offense. Well, we're they have Barry Lunny. That's he can do that. He can call those plays. He did it at UTSA. He knows those plays. They're in the playbook. They have them. Uh, they can do that. They they can be sort of the power run first set up RPO offense. There's no problem with that. That is something that they're totally comfortable doing. Just like against Iowa, they are totally comfortable lining up under center and just running the ball 40 times. There's no they don't have any issue with that. And against Wisconsin, um, they didn't respect Wisconsin enough to do anything like that, so they just ran up the score, which is very funny to do. Um, but like I, I I think Illinois just is better. I think Illinois just does a better job of things. I think that they're more disciplined. I think they're better coached. Um, and, and Tanner Morgan is without like a top end weapon who would really separate him and that offense from Illinois. I think Chase Brown is the better running back and I don't see anything on Minnesota's offense skill core wise that makes me think, Oh, they have an edge. I I don't, I don't see it. Yeah. And and that's the whole thing with the Kirk Soraka offense, right? It's like you have a running back like Mo Ibrahim or just literally Mo Ibrahim the last six years. And then you also complement that by throwing into a big ass wide receiver who gets downfield and they don't have that guy anymore. That guy isn't on the roster. So like, That's half the like the shot plays are not hitting this year. They're not going to hit. Well, and and the one who was like the closest to that, Chris Ottman Bell, I believe is out for the is, year. Yeah, out for yeah. the year. And so like, 
yeah, I, there's not, <laughs> there's just not much there uh, in, in terms of like guys who can stretch an already very good Illinois defense. And so it's just, you're going to be running into Illinois' defensive line. And I think Illinois, as funny as it is to say, is just more talented in the trenches than Minnesota is. They've, they've done sure. it very quickly, but they've done it. Um, Minnesota, I, I just... I think Illinois wins. I think I don't think it's a blowout or anything. I think that they are too similar for it to be a blowout, but I do think that Illinois eventually wins the thing. They think that they pull away and they, they manage the game better late than Minnesota does because uh, a late-game managing challenge against uh, P.J. Fleck is not, I don't think, going to be a whole lot of uh, – not going to cause a whole lot of difficulty for Brett Bielema. I don't think that he has uh, – I don't think he has struggled with the likes of PJ Fleck or people like him before. I don't. I don't think that this is like a battle of the minds, really. I think Brett Bielema has got it pretty well handled uh, when when compared to PJ Fleck. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I, I just trust him more. I mean, I think Minnesota's a, a solid football team, but I, I think they kind of got overhyped on playing some very very bad opponents, mm-hmm. like at their healthiest early on. Yeah. And, oh wow, uh, they beat Colorado. Cool. <laughs> I also beat Colorado. It's not yeah, hard to I mean, do. look, like if you lose by two scores at home to Purdue, even with your best player out, like if you are that dependent on one player and you're facing a team that has an excellent run defense, they can take away that player. Like yeah. that's the thing that Illinois can do is they can take him away from you. Yeah. And he might not be at 100 percent. Right. He might. We, well, that's the thing is we don't know. You know, he's going to play. But is he going to be like the same way you're was carrying defender like five Colorado defenders for, for 10 yards? Like. I don't know. I, yeah. I'm not betting on it. He's been hurt every year of his career lately. It seems like it's. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Our next game here is also awesome. We have too many good games to talk about. We got to hurry up. Uh, Mm -hmm. We got Kansas and Oklahoma on on ESPN two. Why is this game on ESPN two? Hard to say. Hard to say. I don't know what the ESPN proper game is here. Um, We don't have it listed, so it must not be very good. It might be. Let's check it out. It might be like Auburn or something. Let me. I've. I've. I've got it. Yeah, it's Auburn at Ole Miss. No, thank you. I'm good. Why would? They're so bad at picking games. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they know who's going to. I mean, like yeah. Ole Miss fans will watch that game. They like to beat up on they, Ole Miss loves being the team that beats bad SEC West teams that are usually good teams. Yeah. It would be really funny, however, if they lost, because I think Ole Miss might be kind of not very good, if I'm being honest. I think they're fraudulent. They're probably yeah. the most fraudulent undefeated team left. Yeah. Uh, them or, or Syracuse. Yeah, uh, I, I I would not bet on it, but that would be really funny. Anyway, ESPN2, Kansas at Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma here favored by 7.5, I want to say, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, feels like that is because yeah. of the helmet. Uh, I, I would have... I was thinking about this game last night just briefly. I would have taken the counter position if going into the game Kansas was favored of like, yeah, Oklahoma is still much more talented than Kansas is. Um, but Oklahoma being favored by a touchdown and then some feels very generous to Oklahoma given how fundamentally broken it has looked these last couple of weeks. I mean, it, it Oklahoma has not been competitive in a football game in several weeks now. It's it's not. They've given up over like, seventeen hundred yards in the last three games. Yeah, like it's it's not just oh you know they have an injury at quarterback and they're struggling because of that. Like no, they couldn't do anything in either of the last two games. They couldn't do anything. They're not on offense, not on defense, not on fucking special teams. They can't do anything right. It's it's. they look a lot like a team that doesn't care or doesn't know what they're doing or is being mismanaged or any number of things. The culture is bad. I I think you can, I think you can say just about anything negative about that program and it would be at least in some ways true right now. Um, And so I don't really understand this because like Kansas's whole thing is beating you with discipline is, is beating you with just being solid. And like, 
I would guess Jalen Daniels is not going to play in this game. I Just from watching the injury, I don't have any confirmation on that. I'm not reading from a news source or anything, but I still think that Jason Bean is, is good enough for Kansas to do what it wants to do here. Yeah, uh, and also really quick, I want to point this out just in terms of how terrible Kansas has been. Did you read Bill Colley's article today about this, about how their performance against the spread? Yeah, Oklahoma Uh, rather than than Kansas, yes. Oklahoma, yes. Oklahoma has the fifth largest underachievement versus the spread in the last 30 years for a team that was regular. Oh, my God. Uh, They have, in the last three weeks, they have underperformed the spread by 98 points. Jesus. Uh, Yeah, it's it's been heinously awful. Um, And basically, I think that, like, like you said, there's gonna be a lot of casual betters over this line. Think, oh, Oklahoma, shit, it's Oklahoma, right? Like, and and I understand why in preseason projections you think they're better than people think they're better than this, but like, they're simply not, right? Like, even if Dylan Gabriel comes back and he's been good, it's a this defense is a major problem, and there's no skill players emerging. Eric Gray's okay, like he's been pretty solid, but he's the only guy in the team. Like, you haven't seen anything from these receivers, nothing from the tight ends. Uh, the O lines are mediocre. Their quarterback play without Dylan Gabriel has been horrendous. Yeah, like some of the worst in the country. And the defense can't stop anybody. I, I like you said. I think Kansas just knows exactly what they want to do, where they want the ball to go. Um, they are a very disciplined football team. It's going to simply scheme up Oklahoma's defense. I don't think Oklahoma can get a stop against these guys when it matters. Like that. That's yeah. what it comes down to. Like I think the offense that Oklahoma can recover with Dylan Gabriel back. I don't think the defense can. I think this defense is cooked. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they hired Ted Roof as DC. That's all you need to know. Yeah, there's uh, there's nothing about Oklahoma's defense that makes me think third and five is going to be a problem for Kansas. Basically, I I, I think that Kansas has enough plays in its playbook that it, it can call when it needs to get a first down. Sort of like you said, and I don't think Oklahoma's going to have an answer for a single one of them. Seeing what can well, you know, watching what Kansas has done this season, there's a lot of misdirection. They really really test your your willingness to. Uh, be committed to your assignment football defensively to to stay committed to your gaps. They want to manipulate the eyes of linebackers, guys in the second level in general. And I've not seen a single thing from Oklahoma that makes me think it will know what to do with that. I don't think they do. I know I don't think that they have developed like fundamentally sound defensive principles within this this unit. I've not seen any of that from them. It's it's not a talent thing as much as it is like they didn't teach them right. They didn't coach them at the very basic level of like, oh, I know how to handle a counter with a with a you know an orbit sweep. Like they don't, they don't know how to handle that. They don't know how to handle anything. They're they're just running around. They're they're just running around. They're just wasting time. Uh, and I, I have to imagine that Kansas is going to have more than enough to to take advantage of that. Kansas has been very good about that this season, and I just I don't think Oklahoma is going to have an answer. Brent Venables can call all the all the exotic blitzes and all the the crazy dis- disguised coverages he wants. I think Kansas is just going to run into wide open space. I think it will just move the defenders where it wants them to be, like it has done before to better defenses than this, uh, and then it will make the plays based on where it has put the defenders. I, I think Kansas rolls here. Yep, I, I have no, uh, I have no expectations for Oklahoma to win this game whatsoever. I, I have money on the Kansas money line. I have money on Kansas to cover. I have, uh, I have a fair bit of money on Kansas in this game. I, I am yeah. very bullish on Kansas. I do not like Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, our no fly list really quick here. We've old dominion and coastal on ESPNU. Um, good game. Good to yeah. see coastal playing. Um, they, they, got they, a ton of thoughts here. Like coastal should win, take care of business. Yeah. They keep almost not doing that. They keep almost not taking care of business, yeah. which is why it's on here. I think old dominion is good enough to take advantage of that in a way that ULM and, and 
Buffalo and I mean God pretty much the whole season Georgia Southern uh, aren't I think that Old Dominion is good enough to take advantage of that so Coastal needs to be better here but pretty much every time Coastal needs to be better they are so it's hard to it's hard to pick against them because they do show up for games against actual teams it's just against bad teams that they don't Um, and then the other one here Iowa State at Texas honestly kind of the same thing not that Texas hasn't showed up for for bad opponents this season Texas Tech loss notwithstanding, um, yeah, but Iowa State does seem lost. to yeah, Iowa State does seem to keep things pretty close. Uh, generally speaking, against better opponents, they did it against Baylor, they did it against Kansas yeah. State. I am interested to see that defense against Texas's offense because I do think the defense is competently coached. Um, yeah, I don't. Think it is I, like a sixteen and a half point line or something. Like that, yeah, right? that that seems like a lot to me. I don't know that Iowa State is really it's, the kind of team that you can do that to. Not because they're good, but just because of it's almost like playing an, an option team where it's just like, I don't know that you're going to have the yeah. possessions to pull that off. Yeah. I know. I was just talking about the Penn state. I really do hate to bet on narratives though. That's the issue here. Cause like yeah. on the paper, on paper, like Texas to me, I know their, their record doesn't reflect this. They, that's a top 10 team in college football. The way they're playing right now Yeah. Uh, with Quinn Ewers at quarterback, that is a top 10 team in the country. Um, and I think we'll eventually end up somewhere near there. Yeah. But uh, that's a big number. That's a, just a really big number for an Iowa State team that loves to play in these kinds of games. Uh, if not, you know, of course, they'll never actually be good, but they do love to like just be annoying in these kind of games. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, they're they're, um, they're good for like a special teams turnover that immediately yields a touchdown like every game. They love to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, real quick also, and then we'll move on to the afternoon, I just want to mention briefly, because I don't think that we did specifically on the recap. We talked more about how bad Oklahoma was. Um, dude, Quinn Ewers is fucking insane. <laughs> He's so good. Oh, he rocks. He's he so rocks. good, man. He's so fucking good. I really, really like watching that kid. That uh, I, I will say, for as amazing as he is, and he is clearly one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Yeah. That interception he threw is one of the most baffling throws I've ever seen a quarterback of his level make. Uh-huh. Did you watch that play? You know what I'm talking he, about. He has some funny moments. I'll say he has some. He, he just has, like it, yeah. he threw like an Ephus ball. Yeah. Yeah. It, he uh, <laughs> he has his moments that are where it's just like. I, I think maybe honestly, not to not to psychoanalyze the kid, which we have done plenty. We have we have we have already assigned sure. him a disability <laughs> of, of sorts. But um, it does seem like sometimes maybe he does things that because he is so good, he does things that are not actually possible to do. But he has convinced himself that he has convinced himself that they are. And uh, maybe that level of confidence is necessary to be as good as he is. But he does have some throws like that sometimes. Josh Allen does this too, where it's just like, mm, I think maybe you flew too close to the sun here, my man. Like, I know you can get up there, but goddamn, that was a weird play that you just made. I was trying to think of like what the example for for him as a quarterback is of a guy who's like immensely talented, but just like has no interest in like leadership at all. You know what I mean? Like, like doesn't have any interest for like talking to the team, like yeah. kind of interact with other players, just kind of like, wants to go out there and throw the football mm. around like yeah. he, he plays football like a high-end pitcher like you know what I mean where you can't make eye contact with them during the game they have to yeah. just stay locked in like in their own world i've, I've got like, a like, yeah. i've got a name in mind uh dan marino dan marino comes to mind right away that <laughs> but dan marino is like a sociable guy he was known as like a party animal outside of the field i guess like quinn yeah. is just like I, I mean, totally C- withdrawn. I will say CJ Stroud is also like that. It seems, it seems that CJ, like, CJ was definitely like that last year. I think he's kind of come out of a shell. Maybe Quinn will come out of a shell too. He's yeah, a he kid, could. Obviously. He's, he's yeah. Quinn is like 19. I, I, we will, we will not 
uh well he's he's old for his uh for his like grade though he's like 20 already okay well uh he has time quinn has not yet been allowed to uh to consume the thing that would make him fun in public so uh once he gets Mm. there i'm sure that he and he hasn't surely no no one has ever given him alcohol. i I can't wait for cocaine quinn yours that's Uh, what i'm looking forward to yeah uh Uh, yeah spelled with a q um afternoon the 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 abu grabe uh abu grabe rather game of the week alabama tennessee 3.30 3.30 p.m. on CBS. Uh, banger. Banger. Certified Hood Classic. Looking forward to it. Really, really I can't looking wait. forward to it. I, I'm, I've i started to talk myself out of Tennessee, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm getting nervous. I don't think they're going to win. Um, but I, I do just, I do really like last year. It might have been this game last year as well, but it was a night, I think it was a night game. And I remember being so excited about that environment. Just the, the environment of Tennessee playing in a big game against a team like this at home. Um, I guess it wouldn't have been this game because it was at home. It might have been the Ole Miss game, maybe. Um, but regardless, I just really, really like it. I really like important games at Neyland Stadium, and I'm I'm really looking forward to this because of that. I just, even if it's not a good football game, which I'm not, I don't know. I, I hope it is. I certainly hope it is. But even if it's not, man, I just really like it when there are big games there. It, it's a, It's such a good big game stadium. Yeah. Uh, that, that crowd is awesome. Say what you want about them. Like they are in the Buckeye zone of like posting their way to madness, yeah. which I, you know, I respect, you know, yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, I mean, they did one of the most incredible achievements of all time, which is message board posted their way out of a head coach hire. Yeah. Yeah. You um, gotta, you gotta respect that. You, you have to respect that. They did it. It's a kind they, of power yeah. people don't have anymore. And, yeah, but they do. And the creativity and the way that they did it, the, the you know, not just being mad about the hire, but finding a, a plausible reason you could give for why you wouldn't like it, which obviously was not why any of them didn't oh, want. Oh, of course not. The, duh. Yeah. No, that's not why they didn't want Craig Shiano to be there. They don't give a shit about what he did at Penn State. They don't care. Um, but uh, the creativity to find a reason that would actually influence decision makers, brilliant. Br- masterclass from the Tennessee message board people. Full respect to them. They are are, they are psychotic. Uh, they, they've got it going on. Um, as a football game itself here, so why, why are you talking yourself out of Tennessee? I guess my concern here is, I, well, one, I think Bryce Young's going to play. Yeah. I know it hasn't confirmed yet. I'm expecting him to play. Yeah. I think Tennessee also gets Cedric Tillman back, which is huge for them. But the thing to me is, when have we seen, like, you have to go back to maybe the Ole Miss uh, uh, wins like under Hugh Freeze, like or or maybe even Johnny Manziel's win at Texas A&M against Bama. Yeah, when Bama got beat in a shootout. Like they don't really lose that way. You yeah. know what I mean? Like not yeah, any. Uh, the 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 one that comes to mind is LSU 2019, but LSU 2019. This Tennessee team is not. I don't think I, that that would be that is a generous comparison to make. But LSU did boat race them. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, that's and of course that's yeah, the greatest offense in the history of college football. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah, you so just have to have the, you just have to have the greatest offense in the history of college football. It's very easy. Why don't you just do that? Yeah. So it, it, it is possible, but I think basically a lot of people are looking at Alabama last week as vulnerable. And to me, it's actually kind of the opposite lesson coming out of that that AM game. Like they had a backup quarterback. They're still missing like several receivers to injuries. Yeah. Uh, they missed, they they missed still, two kicks too. <laughs> they missed two kicks. They had four turnovers and yeah. they still moved the ball all day on a yeah. really good Texas A&M defense. Yeah. And they still won uh, at the end of the, they still won, right? Like they won I, the game. I know that it was close and it had to, it came down to a last second, you know, making a play defensively, but like right. they did it. They still made the play. They, 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 they pulled it off. they still won and, and the fucking what? game. The Tennessee defense is not Texas A&M's defense. It's one of true. the, it, yeah. it's a really bad defense. In fact, I'd say they're, they're actively shitty. Yeah. Uh, 
so I guess the question is like, can if Tennessee gets the upset recipe, right? Where it's like a bunch of turnovers or Bama puts the ball on the turf twice or something like that. Yeah, sure. Like Tennessee can win. I'm not saying Tennessee cannot win. Yeah. But I think if you if this game is played straight up, it's a clean game. There's not a bunch of penalties or turnovers. Um, I think Alabama is just going to edge them out on drive. They're just going to, they're just going to, their, their marginal gain per play is just better than Tennessee's, right? Every time they touch the football and Tennessee wants to play a high possession game. They want the ball a lot. They want to have a lot of plays run. Every time Alabama touches the football, they're gaining a little bit of an edge on Tennessee. That's the way I view it. Yeah. Um, Tennessee needs explosive plays. And, and I will say the Bama secondary has been uh, underperforming this season. Like if you look at Jalen Hyatt, Brew McCoy, and Cedric Tillman, that's a group that can beat Alabama's corners and the safety is pretty comfortably. Yeah. But who on Tennessee is going to stop Jameer Gibbs? Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that, that is fair. Um, I don't think that there is an answer. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I think that that's the, the problem. I, I think me. that the best answer Tennessee would have had to, to slowing down Jameer Gibbs is unfortunately for Tennessee's sake, uh, playing linebacker for Alabama. I, I think that that, that uh, like, sure. that's <laughs> kind of a problem for them. Um, this, but I guess if Tennessee, if Tennessee covers, they keep it within one score game. That's a huge accomplishment for them, which I know yeah. sounds patronizing, but like, that it's improvement from last year. They didn't do that last yeah. year, and they would have liked to. Um, and I just don't want to see them quit, dude. Like, just don't quit on this game. If you lose by ten points, if you lose by by, by seventeen, whatever it is, do not quit and stop trying to score in this game. That's what I want to see from Tennessee: is actually coach like you want to win this game. Yeah, yeah. This is not a direct comparison. We don't ever really get those in college football. You can't make a direct comparison from game to game for for predicting one. But I do almost. I I think back. And obviously Tennessee has improved since since this. It's been a month. I do think back a little bit to the Pitt game uh, because of that defense and the defensive line that Pitt offers specifically. Um, we talked after that game that Tennessee handled it fairly well, handled the physicality of the game yeah. fairly well, obviously was able to pull out an overtime win. But I do think, and, and Alabama is worlds better than than pit obviously world's world's better uh but i do think that that game saturday yeah (laughs) i do think that that game might be something of a helpful uh, example to to think about because tennessee was able generally to slow down the the pit pass rush three sacks is not the end of the world seven havoc plays you'll you're you'll take that against that kind of defense um but i do have some worries because pit ran all over them pit had no issues running against this defense and i think jameer gibbs is quite a bit better than anything pit has in the backfield um, and that is, and Bryce Young also Bryce Young can run, which is not something that Keaton Slovis was going to do in that game, and so that is my my worry is that Tennessee almost lost to a a, a team that uh, approach wise obviously schematically very different than Alabama, but that had some of the same strengths that I think are going to be exploited here. Um, Tennessee almost lost to a much 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 worse version of what they're about to see on Saturday. Uh, in terms of the ground game, in terms of pass rush defensively. And, and I think that that's, that's where my worry is. I do think Alabama wins, but I think Tennessee's offense is able to put up points on anybody. And I would assume that they are going to do the same here. I just, I don't know that they can keep up. Yeah. That's kind of my feeling as well. Um, I don't know. I guess the other hand that we've had a lot of like teases in, in games against like upset potential against like top, top teams this season. And none of them mm-hmm. have actually come to fruition really mm-hmm. uh, for like the good football teams. But maybe we'll get one. I I, yeah. I I don't know. I I do. I almost wonder if that is like the thing that we need to really kick the season into overdrive. Overdrive is one of the three losing, like actually losing. Um, It'd be cool. It yeah. would be. It would be helpful. <laughs> I we're still having fun every week without it. Like these, this slate is great. Every slate this far, so, thus far, has been great. Which I don't remember the last time that that was the case. Um, I'm sure that next week's will be bad or something. But like. Uh, 
they haven't been yet. Every yeah, week, there's some bangers next week. Yeah, there's, every, there's some really good games next every week. Every week I go to put it together, there are really good games in every slot. And, and so I think that that would just, just spice things up even a little bit more. But honestly, I don't know if we if we need it. I don't think we're going to get it here. It would be nice. I would like it. <laughs> I would I would not uh, I would not complain about being wrong about Tennessee if it means that they beat Alabama here. That would be great, but I, I don't expect it. Yeah. Um, and man, I, like we said, again, one more time here because we got to, I know we got to move on, but like, yeah. Just the, the ultimate Tennessee pan shooting game would be to win this game, finally have like their best season in recent memory, yeah, uh, and then be lined up for like a top three matchup with Georgia and somehow lose to Kentucky the week before. Absolutely, uh, they got a terrible game, which yeah. which again is in play. Yeah, yeah they love to do that. Uh, Guantanamo Bay games. We got two of them here. First one is NC State at Syracuse, three thirty p.m. on ACC Network. Um, NC State might be without Devin Leary here, right? He was he was injured against Florida State. It is a possibility, um, and also and the, I guess the line would reflect that Syracuse is favored here. Yeah, um, and also Syracuse just like also can beat NC State straight up possibly in the right night. I guess maybe I I am still as much as we love Sean Tucker as much as we love the Syracuse story. Um, I they are you you said earlier that Ole Miss might be the most fraudulent unbeaten team. Uh, it is Syracuse for me with a bullet until proven otherwise. Because boy howdy, have they had some games they should have lost, like most of them. They probably should have lost yeah, several games at this I, point. I, I mean, I get that, but the NC State defense is just holding it together. At a certain point, it'll break, right? Like that's just kind of inevitable. Maybe does Syracuse have the 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 depth of ability to really do that though? I mean, can't you just stop Sean Tucker and then the rest doesn't work? No way to know. <laughs> yeah, no, no way to know. Impossible to say for sure. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about this one. I'm interested. I think it's going to be entertaining with or without Devin Leary. I think NC State wins with him. Without him, I, I don't have a great feel for it. Syracuse would certainly have a chance. And at that point, you have to think that uh, Sonny Dyke's style, Syracuse, uh, specifically Dino Babers, has made some sort of uh, deal with uh, the devil uh, to, to be 6-0 and to get to that point. Um, that they would play an injured NC State without Devin Leary, that they would beat Purdue in the way that they did, that they would be it to that point, you'd have to think that he made some sort of dark, uh, he did some sort of some dark negotiation, I would say. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm ho- I'm rooting for them. Obviously, I'm hoping Devin Leary can make it back. I mean, I, this this team has just pissed me off. I think it's a it's a function of how uh, shitty their wide receivers are this year. I think it's it's very frustrating to see a group that had no improvement over the over the course of the uh course of the offseason kind of didn't step up to the plate at all and I think yeah. it's going to cost them which makes me very annoyed. Yeah, also like yeah, that that didn't improve and also Dave Doran, dude, go get a fucking receiver. It's not that hard. You can very yeah. easily get receivers now. It's not difficult to do. You you like just really just go get a receiver. It's not you could do it. There are a lot of them in the portal every yeah, year. You I'm can doing go it all the receivers. time. Like uh, Utah State has just has in in recent weeks seen extreme improvement and a lot of really good play from Brian Cobbs, who is a Maryland transfer. I feel like NC State probably could have got Brian Cobbs if it wanted to. <laughs> it wouldn't have been that hard. Uh, but no, no, they were they were willing yeah. to stick by their their bad receivers. Um, uh, UTSA has three top fifteen receivers at receiving yardage, by the way. Just, yeah, just one of those guys. Yeah, all really good, all very very good receivers. Uh, Oklahoma State at TCU at three thirty on ABC is the other Guantanamo Bay game. Uh, big test here for Oklahoma State. If I think if it wins this one, it, it continues to, as I have as I have said the last couple of weeks, entrench itself at the top of the conference. Um, TCU, I, I'm I'm interested. They have my attention. I still don't believe in TCU. I'm, I'm going to admit it, I still don't believe in TCU. I think they are competent. I don't know that they can win this kind of game. Uh, but I'm I'm interested. I'm going to watch. I'm going to keep an eye on it. 
yeah um it's something it's something to see i don't know uh i I guess it's it's always nice to get more clarity in a conference like this and the big 12 has so much kind of jumbling going on this season that there's just so many teams competing for the conference championship race that it's always nice to get more data points and kind of learn more about these teams yeah Um, i think tcu obviously is a team that my priors were very wrong on (laughs) and uh i'm just kind of waiting to see like if they win this one i'll start to believe in them right like Absolutely. I'll admit that I was wrong fully. If they beat both Kansas and Oklahoma State, they're to be Kansas. Uh, I'll, I'll say that I was wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a big boy win. If you go get this one, that is, that is a that's a big boy win right there. That is not an easy but, game. But I also think Oklahoma State sucks. Maybe I'll just I'll hedge my bets here because I think Oklahoma <laughs> State's fraudulent too. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see, man. I, I, I'm just yeah. I, I'm curious to see it. I'm gonna watch it definitely. Gotta have, see this game. But I'm I'm very skeptical of of both teams kind of. So I'm looking forward to learning more about both of them in this game. Yeah. I'm just waiting for Max Duggan to progress, dude. It has to happen soon. Yeah. It, 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 uh, it will come just Max Duggan going like six touchdowns against 13 interceptions. The rest of the season would be just perfectly on brand. Yeah. We're ready to go back to min Duggan. Uh, most wanted Arkansas at BYU three thirty on ESPN. Uh, fuck both of these teams. I hate these guys. Fuck this. Yeah, I, I hope off. both teams lose. Uh, no fly list. Kent state at Toledo three thirty on ESPN plus Northern Illinois at Eastern Michigan also 3.30 on ESPN+. Plus. Separation Saturday, the MAC. Dude. Yeah. The separation Saturday uh, the, the, the separation, of course, is going to be Toledo from Kent State and Eastern Michigan from Northern Illinois. Um, <laughs> Probably, but maybe not. It's the MAC. It's the <laughs> that MAC. Is, it's kind of why we... Yeah, that is separation all the same, I suppose. Um, so we're worth keeping an eye on. Probably just have like your, your score app and, and keep an eye on those. And then I do want to mention also on ESPN+, Plus, uh, South Dakota State at North Dakota State, 3.30. That is number one versus number two in the FCS, which I, I sort of when I was putting it down on the watch list, uh, bef- I didn't even, I went to, I went to check after I had already put it down. Cause I just kind of assumed that they were one and two. And I was right. They are, they are, they are one and two. Uh, so if you're interested in that, that's always a good game. Um, and then you added here, James Madison at Georgia Southern on four uh, on ESPN plus at 4 PM. Uh, why, why did you do that? I think Georgia Southern has just like, it's a, they've played a lot of competitive football games, right? Even if they're not actually winning their games right now, they're, they're just, <sighs> they're they're staying competitive in most of their matchups yeah i don't know james madison i i think like i've been really impressed by it's a good opportunity to see them let's see what they do with it i don't know it's a road game for them in the conference like i want to see them keep winning games go undefeated it'd be awesome if they met coastal undefeated but like yeah who knows I, I, I could see this, yeah, I, I guess Georgia Southern has at least been in games. The reason that I didn't include this is that I sort of see this uh, the same way as I look at, like, oh, Maryland's going to host Ohio State. It'll be interesting to see what Maryland could, oh, God, they got murdered. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. oh wow, they met a competent team. They, they met a well-managed team, and that was it for them. Um, I think that James Madison is significantly better managed than anyone that Georgia Southern has played close, and that includes Coastal. I, I, I love Coastal. I love the Coastal offense. Those boys are not ready for most of their games. They just aren't. They're, they just aren't. They're not disciplined. They don't do a good job until the fourth quarter, When yeah. at, at which point Grayson McCall becomes the best quarterback in college football and wins them the game. But those guys are not playing like Where sound his, uh, football. I haven't seen his numbers this year. I'm just not, not They're freakish. They, they, are, they are freakish. <laughs> they're, they're out of control. Um, I'm pulling them up really quick. Yeah, but James Madison I see as being – a, a tremendously well-run football program that will see directly through everything that Georgia Southern has going on. I, I don't think James Madison's going to have any issue with them at all. Probably so. Grayson McCall, by the way, this year is completing uh, 69.4% of his passes at 9.9 yards an attempt, 15 touchdowns, one interception through mm-hmm. the air. He also has three more touchdowns in the ground. 
He's good. Yeah, I- I'll say it. Yeah, eighteen he's, touchdowns, uh, the one turnover is yeah. uh, solid. He's good. <laughs> I'll admit it. He's good. Um, all right, moving into the evening, Guantanamo Bay games. We have two of them: Clemson at Florida State, seven thirty on ABC. Um, Clemson only a three and a half point favorite here. If if I'm remembering correctly, we're recording this on Monday, so it could have moved. Um, interesting, interesting game. I know that Florida State has lost a couple, and the Heat has come well, off. Well, Jordan them. Travis is out as well here. Is correctly. he? I believe, I believe it's he's expected. At the time we're recording what this, he's expected to be out. Why was that minus three and a half? Then that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Uh, they must have seen something. I don't know. I, 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 let me double check to make sure I'm not wrong about that. But I believe Jordan Travis is out. Um, yeah. If, just... if so, this probably does not be belong in the Guantanamo Bay games anymore. Um, I guess I am interested to see what Florida State can do against that defense uh, without Jordan Travis. It's probably not much. Uh, if he's if he's available, then that would change things for me a little bit. But um yeah it, it would it would depend on that but if, if he's playing i think that this could be interesting i think that florida state's rushing attack could be valuable here yeah yeah we'll see um also travis had a pretty had a pretty rough day on uh, on saturday yeah it was it was it sure. was a bad ending certainly the 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 interception that that ended the game they should have won that game florida state should have we didn't spend a ton of time on that on the recap but like they yeah, should have won just too many games last week yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they definitely should have won they could have won should have won uh, but didn't win. Anything you got to win the games. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that I'm just beginning to accept that Clemson's going to march through the ACC this year. I think I don't have any even thought. Like I think they're just going to kind of take care of business these next two weeks, then get their bye week, and then roll through the rest of the schedule. Um, it just kind of seems inevitable. We're back to Clemson winning the hell out of the SEC, out of the ACC. Like NC State and Wake already took their shots, didn't happen. I don't think Florida Florida State or Syracuse are going to step up where those teams couldn't. I'm just not banking on that. I I've not seen any I'm not seeing any news here about Jordan Travis being injured. Maybe I was misinformed. Okay, maybe yeah, I'm wrong. You, maybe you're thinking uh, of uh, of of Leary because I don't know that Jordan Travis got hurt in that game. He threw the game-ending pass. He did play the last game. Uh, whatever, we'll find out. Well, uh, yeah, it's we we do have to assume for any game that we talk about blanket uh, statement here. Yeah, every game that we talk about, both quarterbacks could be not playing in. It's impossible. Uh, it's impossible to man- fucking know at this point. Unfortunately, I have asked a white woman on TikTok to manifest the Jordan Travis injury, so I'm proven correct. So uh-huh. I will be DMing her shortly. Okay, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm interested here. I would really like to see Clemson not go undefeated. That would be very good for me to not see Clemson go undefeated. I'm, I'm hoping for that still. I'm, I'm, I'm continuing, continuing to hold out a hope based largely on the fact that I have watched Clemson play, and I don't think that they're any good. Um, but unfortunately, the ACC does not seem willing to take advantage of that uh, for any number of, of, of reasons, both uh, both uh, cultural and otherwise. It's not in Florida State's nature to win this kind of game. They just don't want to. They have no interest in doing that. It's not that they're, they're, a, they're a kind program. They don't want to beat Clemson. That's, that's mean. That would be mean to do. Um, and it appears that NC State and Wake Forest also were uh, conscientious objectors to winning games that they should have absolutely should have won, uh, and they just decided not to. So we will see if anybody in the ACC wants to beat Clemson, a team that cannot pass and really doesn't even try to. Uh, but it doesn't seem like they do, so we'll see. Uh, yeah. Also in the Guantanamo Bay slot, USC at Utah, 8 p.m. on Fox. The Heat has come off Utah a little bit after losing to UCLA. But I still think they're going to win this game. I, I, I think that they're going to just bludgeon USC. I, I, I know that they are not in the trenches like they have been in recent years, but I don't think it matters. I think if you drop eight guys into coverage, USC cannot move the ball. Uh, it has been proven for an entire month now, and I think that Utah is going to be better at it than any of the teams that have played them to this point. They also do have to move the football. 
Yeah, they're not, uh, they've not they've not had a ton of issues with that. I would say they've, I, it's scoring I, they, I has not the, been like a problem for Utah. They are. Uh, here's what I say: is they're also Alex uh, Grinch. Let me rephrase. The, Alex Grinch is the defensive coordinator for USC. Sure, I don't know if you knew sure, about I get that. What you're saying here. They're 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 moving the football, but they're not generating any explosive plays. And while I do think you contain USC, it, it, at the end of the day, they do still have a like between the guys they have in that roster: Travis Dodge, Jordan Addison, Mario Williams. Like someone is bound to make a play at some point in that time. And I just don't know. Do you see Utah controlling the ball the entire game, like just taking possessions away from USC? Do you think that's how it plays out? Yeah. Because yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. I, I think right. well, I think that I think that this is probably a Caleb Williams disaster class right here. I, I this is absolutely the kind of defense that he will throw four interceptions against. I, that kid fucking sucks. I don't know. He's, he's a dude. bad. I just think about I just think about how good Anthony Richardson looked against them. Yeah, and it, it makes me concerned. This defense is not is not good enough this year. And some of the problems we talked about with the defensive front are just gonna kind of they're not gonna be able to get any pressure at all, and he's gonna have all the time in the world to throw or run. Yeah. Um. I also, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I don't think that Caleb Williams is anywhere near the athlete that Anthony Richardson is. I don't really understand why anybody. No, but he's like, a better quarterback. I don't think he is. <laughs> I think he also sucks at being a quarterback. I don't really understand why anybody likes Caleb Williams. He's not like. That's he's not look, he's not CJ Shroud or Bryce Young or Hendon Hooker, but or, he's probably a top or, twenty-five or, or, college quarterback. Or Dorian Thompson Robinson or Chance Nolan or <laughs> he's just, No, he's, he's better than Chance Nolan. He's, Get the fuck out of he's here. He's better but. than Chance Nolan, but he's not good. He's not a good quarterback. He doesn't do anything that well, is good. He how just, many quarterbacks like, in college football are good? Like twenty? Yeah, but that would be helpful for USC because the entire offense is built around having a good quarterback. It, it's usually yeah, something that look, they would like I, to do. <laughs> I'm not here to defend USC's honor. You know, I think they're Mickey Mouse. Yeah. I just don't know that Utah is the team that beats them. I, I think. I think they are. I I, I I think that they are. Well, I suppose we'll see. I'm hoping they. I'm hoping you're right. You know, I want to. You know, I'm praying on USC's downfall at all times. I'm hoping you're correct. Um, I just am kind of faltering. I think Utah. I am putting in the BYU and Arkansas zone very shortly. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. I don't know that they're. I don't know that they're quite on that level, but we'll we'll see. Of course, five minutes before this game, they'll announce that Cameron Rising has been killed in a in a in a, <laughs> a, a SEAL Team Six uh, <laughs> activity. Yeah. That the uh, the message boards will have about eight hours ahead of time. Yeah, um, Colin Cowherd's organized the private security raid on on the Utah compound. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, that's not good news for me either. Uh, most wanted: Mississippi State at Kentucky, seven thirty on the SEC Network, and North Carolina at Duke, eight p.m on the ACC network. Don't know why these are both on conference networks and not actual television. Two yeah. interesting games, I, I think. Uh, interesting to see how teams that were sort of darlings of the beginning of the season in Kentucky and Duke respond to playing against teams that have very good records in Mississippi yeah. State and North Carolina. And you got to wonder how Joe Lunardi will factor that in based on their performance of these games. You yeah, gotta... yeah. The, the Final Four this year is really crazy. I can't believe yeah. Mississippi State made it all the way to the Final Four. Um, uh, no, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think that uh, Mississippi State is – I mean, is Kentucky getting Will Levis back? Do we know that yet? Is he back this game? Impossible to say. Truly, it, it, there's, there's – He was out last week, no and, and obviously they, they looked very limited without him. Like, I yeah. think there's bigger problems than that. Uh, they didn't really stop the run very well. They didn't defend the big pass plays very well. Like Kentucky didn't do a lot of things Kentucky always does. And their offensive line has been horrendous. Like not quite as bad as some of the ESPN talking heads and some Mel Kuyper Jr. for some reason call it the worst in the country. Yeah. It's not that bad, but it's certainly a big negative for this team. And I think Mississippi State has had a pretty solid pass rush this season. They had a couple uh, really impressive linebackers creating havoc. I, I don't remember the names off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do like the, what this Mississippi State front is doing. 
Um, I, I like them in this game. Uh, I think they're going to win. I, I think I don't know what the line is, but uh, I do like Mississippi State. I think they're actually a pretty good football team. Like I'm starting to buy in at Mississippi State as the second best team in the SEC West potentially. Yeah, I, I suppose somebody has to be. Um, the the update as of Monday is that Will Levis was able to practice in some capacity on Monday, uh, as uh, per per Mark Stoops that he yeah. was he was out it's there also doing worth some noting, things. Th- it's also worth noting that Mark Stoops is like a Ryan Day and Pat Narduzzi level liar about injuries. Yeah, uh, he said this entire previous week that he didn't have any players injured before Will Levis was out. So cool. Cool. Uh, Thanks, Mark. Very helpful. Very, very. Yeah. Very Something about Youngstown guys between him and Narduzzi. They just love doing this. Yeah. They're, it's, a, it's a city of liars. Many have said that, but it's a city of liars. You should not take anyone from it seriously uh, at anything that they say. Um, yeah. I, I, I have to, I have to think that Mississippi State is going to win just because I don't know who's going to be playing for Kentucky. And that, that I, I believe that Mississippi State does not have any major injuries, like ones that would change the dynamic of the game. And so, even if Kentucky was fully healthy, I would still think that Mississippi State had a pretty good, damn good chance here. But because I don't know that Kentucky's going to be healthy, I'm going to, to guess that Mississippi State probably wins. Yeah, that's my pick as well. Uh, the other game here, I, I'm kind of less interested in uh, North Carolina at Duke. Yeah. Um, but I, I just say think North Carolina, like Duke, to me, a lot of heat came off that Georgia Tech loss. A yeah, lot. That, of heat. that was not good. That was they're in good company at least with Pitt. Everybody loves Pitt right now. Everybody thinks Pitt's really good. So they've got that. They've yeah. got that going. Everyone, on. everyone was clapping like a seal because Pitt was running against a Virginia Tech football team. That's like heinous. Like yeah, yeah. Whatever it was. It's cool. I mean, Izzy had a great game. Good for him. Yada yada. Whatever. Not my business. Yeah, no, um, not my problem. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, North Carolina can throw the football, and I don't think Duke has enough offense to keep up at this point. I think Duke is kind of a. They had a, what they've already done is better than we thought by a lot. So yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to shit on Duke. I think they're going to end up being a bowl team. They're going to win one more game here the rest of the way, and get to a bowl or, or two more games they need to win, whatever it is. But. I'm uh I think North Carolina wins pretty comfortably here and it's also one of the most Mickey Mouse teams that will be ranked in the top 25. Absolutely not a good football team, mm-hmm. but just has such an easy schedule and will end up like with a ranked finish this season. Yeah. And people are going to tell us we're wrong about Mac Brown. I'm still right. I'm still right. Don't tell me yeah. shit. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to do it. I'm going to say it. This is the Hank Hill narrative buster of the week. Uh this is the okay. I'm about to bust narrative buster of the week. <gasps> I'm about to bust. Uh, Duke with the like you said very bad loss to Georgia Tech North Carolina five and one it seems like everybody got the uh, uh, the 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 memo this week to talk about North Carolina <laughs> to say hey North Carolina's five and one uh, and to say the exact same things about them of like oh, we don't know that they're that good but they are five and one um, and this would be a perfect time while everybody is is uh, basically penciling North Carolina into the conference title game because nobody's going to just somebody has to beat them and it doesn't seem like anybody wants to uh this would be the perfect time for north carolina to just shit the bed to, to just yeah. absolutely not show up um, you know what un- unfortunately here is their big contender for that game though is oklahoma beating kansas somehow that is also true yeah <laughs> that was that was going to be the pick uh before i saw that oklahoma was favored at which point it became yeah. kind of hard to yeah. justify but yeah this is the uh, i'm about to bust narrative buster of the week for me uh no fly <laughs> How, list are we do we have a record on our picks for that um, I can't remember the one that we did last week, but we were two and zero. If you're one the, of our listeners, who somehow like week. we 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 seem to accidentally have a few listeners that catalog all of our picks in the show, which we appreciate and it's cool. Hmm. If you're one of the freaks doing that, <laughs> and again, we don't think you're a freak. Other people do. Uh-huh. Um, just go ahead and let us know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't think that. We just heard a lot of people talking about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just let us know what our record is on that so far. <sighs> Shit, what was it last week? I I don't remember any <laughs> of the games that happened last Dude, you, week. This is your episode. You're the one 
in charge of the notes, not me, pal. This is <laughs> they've all completely left my brain. Oh man, I'm just gonna. We've scroll. done like four already, and we, I don't think I remember any of them. Yeah, uh, well, I remember that we went two and zero on the first two, but I don't remember what they were. Um, oh, shit, I don't remember what it was. Well, it might have been Tennessee LSU. It might have been which would did not hit. Um, yeah, it, it might have been Tennessee LSU. That sounds right to me. Um, yeah. I... I don't remember. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with it was that, and then it didn't hit. But it could also be that it was something else that did hit. It's it's impossible to say. And we no uh, way to know. Yeah, we we could just say it probably hit. We could just assume that it did. It probably did. There's no way to say otherwise, and it can't be proven. And there's no archived uh, audio of it, so you can't go back and prove it either. Uh, mm-hmm. No no fly list. We got four games. LSU at Florida. 7 no. p.m. on ESPN. No, thank you. Um, Memphis at ECU, 7.30 mm-hmm. on ESPNU. Uh, Nebraska at Purdue, 7.30 on the okay. Big Ten Network. And then you added Stanford at Notre Dame, 7.30 on NBC. Uh, anyone who watches this game should be killed. They should be. No, no thank you. Absolutely not. I am I am uh, going to start. I, uh, Patrick, I'm sorry to tell you this. I don't want to do this, but mm-hmm. I'm going to have to push a Notre Dame is back narrative because I, it's good for the Buckeyes. I, I don't care if Notre uh, Dame is back. Stanford is not. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't not matter to me if Notre Dame is back for this game. That's not the team I'm worried about. Uh, I'm gonna have to start pretending that Notre Dame is a top 25 team. I just want to <laughs> warn you guys now. If you listen to this podcast, just know I'm I'm lying. I don't believe it, but I do have to do it for my Buckeyes. Okay, but why this game? Why would this be? If they're a top 25 team, why would they have well, any as intrigue we know, against Patrick, Stanford? As you know. As you know, I believe very firmly, and you do as well. David Shaw is, of course, one of like the ten best coaches in college football. <laughs> and we have to respect all of his teams. This is a dangerous football team. Yeah. Tanner McKee is a first round pick quarterback. This would be a huge win for our Notre Dame fight Irish to get. Yeah, Ryan, I'm not sure if you've heard this, but Stanford is modernizing the offense. They're they're working really hard to modernize <laughs> oh. the offense. And you know what? Even if it's not worked out yet, you got to give them a lot of credit for that. And uh, you also have to uh, you have to make sure that you say this loud enough and then send the audio to Stanford's SID so that you can get an interview for your job at Sports Illustrated. You have to do yeah. that, or else I'm, uh, I'm, you'll uh... get fired. When Stanford wins a game next time, I'm going to say, like, uh, good on you, nerds, very sardonically as I as I, I do a little wink into the camera. Uh-huh. And, and, uh, yeah. People are going to love that. Yeah. yeah, people are going to love that. Ryan, if I don't... With my do, 17-inch neck. Yeah, Ryan, if I don't do this, if I don't promote Stanford, I'm not going to be able to go on 25 vacations a year. Do you want that? <laughs> do you want that on your conscience that I can't go on 25 vacations a year if I don't say that Stanford is modernizing and if I don't praise if, David if I don't, Shaw? If I don't support Stanford's the office of direction... I'm never gonna date a girl that happens to be friends with a guy that you know. There's someone this podcast knows. It has gone to a joke that only you and I understand. <laughs> Like forty people who know who we're talking about. Uh, fuck yeah. that. Fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck that podcast. That shit sucks. Uh, late night, Guantanamo Bay, Washington State at Oregon State, nine p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. Uh, dude, the Pac-12 does not want you to watch its football games. Does not want you to think that it's good. <laughs> it has absolutely no fucking interest in being popular. Has, just, they don't want you to see this. They don't want you to watch this game. The Pac-12 doesn't love football. It's just sad to see. I mean, I'm, I'm just, uh, I mean, I don't know. This game also is kind of like, it was a lot more exciting two weeks ago. Yeah. Right? It, it, I think uh, that it is fun for a lot of the reasons that it would have been anyway. Like, I don't think that uh, there was a time where I was hoping that Oregon State would be a serious contender. They they aren't. Uh, but, it, like, it would have been nice. But I still like them. I still like these teams. Yeah, they're nice the enough. They're, they they're nice guys. Yeah, I, I think it'll still be a, a fun football game, if, even if it's not like, oh, both teams are 5-1. and one. This is also a... This is mark this down as my narrative pick of the week. This is a perfect game for a massive Cam Ward performance when literally no one can watch it. No one cares about it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a game that means nothing. 
no one's gonna look they're gonna see like four highlight throws and just read the box score yeah and they're like oh my god cam ward's a first round pick next year yeah cam like cam ward master class yeah yeah, at the Cam Ward heads are some of the most bizarre people on Twitter. Yeah, I, I, just I, going I, off of grainy footage from Incarnate Word <laughs> looks like it's from the 1980s. Uh, <laughs> I like, like one or two throws against USC. It's kind of a, a fun quirk to have. But yeah, like I like. It's just I think it's cool. You just become an edge lord who searched too hard for like the right take. You know what I mean? That's all yeah. you're doing. I I do almost I do worry here. Maybe this is maybe this this is too hidden even for Cam Ward because there won't be highlights of this game. You can't you can't, you can't there won't be you can't make highlights of it because nobody has the channel. Nobody can watch this game, so nobody. The, the can only highlight's it. gonna be like he somehow gets the Scott Van Pelt bad beat of the week or whatever. That's yeah. what the highlight's gonna be. Yeah, yeah, he gets the the Scott Van Pelt dead beat of the week, and it's unclear <laughs> what he means by that. Why he's saying it about Cam Ward? What are you talking about, man? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen mean? have you seen cam ward's tiktok have we talked about this in the show yet no oh dude you've got to look up his tiktok it's just him like it's just him like posting videos from getting dressed in the locker room but the captions are all about like how women aren't loyal or whatever it's like how like uh how he needs a woman who will hold him down when he's at practice and, and uh-huh. stuff like that that's awesome it's a very funny uh, i'd recommend following it that's so good that is a kind of college football social media account that really doesn't exist very much anymore that was like yeah. all that there was in 2011 it was just like uh, the five most popular players in college football getting online and tweeting like i need me a woman who drink wine <laughs> it's like what are you talking dude, I, about dude? <laughs> i'm i'm uh i'm pulling up his account now to show you some of the recent captions he's done uh <laughs> he's okay first one dating an athlete is not for the weak mm-hmm. uh love that second one uh snakes don't hiss anymore they call you babe bro or friend uh that's right what does he have he said i just want you sitting in the stands wearing my jersey uh-huh Boy, nothing is better than a female that understands your grind. Someone, I need someone. Please love this man. Please, someone, someone help Cam Ward. He's struggling. He's he's going. He, he's really struggling. He also posted, "He's a ten, but his goals come before you." About himself, which is pretty cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, this is like uh, this is you. You would remember this because this is this is right in your wheelhouse. This is. Do you remember like the 2011 Ohio State team tweets? Do you remember that? Like like guys oh, on Ohio course. State making some of the funniest posts of all time. Right, I mean, like of course, the, the, the I ain't come here to play school was the famous one. Yeah, but there were so many. There were like underground ones that would get like oh, twenty two likes and three retweets, and it's like yeah, the Ron Carter, yeah, yeah, backup receivers say tweeting out like I need my dick sucked exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> the whole tweet. I I'm trying that. to get my shit wet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who got the pussy in Columbus sent at like 3.24 a.m. on a Tuesday? <laughs> and you know it was working, too. That's the funniest part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there was a reason they were doing this. They all knew that it would work, but it's uh, it's very funny. <laughs> it's a very funny era of college football Twitter. I miss it. We don't, we don't get it. They don't make them like that anymore. You can't be, yeah. a, you can't be a, a third-string wide receiver at a blue blood, get online, and, uh, and solicit sex at 3.24 in the morning on a Tuesday. <laughs> you can't do that anymore. It's, uh, it's Brandon's America. I've said, I've said it before. I'll say it again. That's Brandon's America. Uh, most wanted Air Force at UNLV, 1030 on CBS SN. Um, kind of an elimination game here for both of these teams. They have uh, Air Force has two conference losses. I mean, they might be done regardless, but uh, UNLV just took its first against San Jose State. And we're going to talk about San Jose State in a second. It kind of seems like they just might not lose. They do have to play Utah State later in the season. Then they get couple other games that they might play that they might lose but um 
Really, neither team here can afford to lose this game. If they do, they will probably fall out of contention. I also think it'll just be fun. I think these are two fun teams. I, I like watching them play. Very different styles. I'm hoping that UNLV will have Doug Brumfield for this game. I don't know what his status is. But regardless, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. I think that this is a really good late-night Mountain West game. Finally. They've, put a, they've given us a bunch of shit the last couple weeks, and this is finally something entertaining. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Definitely. I mean, I, I obviously am very disappointed in Fresno State this season. They've really, you know, underperformed expectations. Air Force. Uh, what? Air Force. This is the Air Force UNLV game. Oh, I thought you remember the next game. Sorry, no. man. I lost track. <laughs> we're, we're at the end of the podcast, basically. Yeah. No. Uh, Air Force underperformed too. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about. I mean, both. Of the, ga- the other game here on the no fly list is San Jose State at Fresno State, ten forty. I got excited. I, I like that game better personally. Okay. But... Yeah. So so why then? <laughs> I don't know. San Jose State's a, a bet. I mean, like, is the best football team of these four, right? And yeah. I think Fresno State probably has the most talent of these four teams of other roster. Yeah. Um, they've obviously drastically underperformed the season. Um, but Fresno, uh, Air Fres- Force, I think, probably has a get ready game against UNLV. They better win this game. There's no excuse to lose they here. Like it's, it's a yeah. They should. Win Troy this Calhoun. Game. I mean, maybe just here on the footsteps. I don't know. He had a lot. He had a lot of money in the line this season. Could have got higher somewhere big. Yeah. It seems to be folding. Yeah. Uh, Something to think about. And then they have Brett Brennan. Certified bag chaser is getting ready for the money. He is the money is getting thrown his way with this performance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Brent, Troy Calhoun he dove out of the way of the brink of the Brent the Brinks truck, but Brent Brennan knew the insurance payments where it's at, baby. He didn't. He, oh, he yeah. ducked in. He said, "I'm ready. Hit me with that car." Uh, yeah, yeah, Fresno State has already said. Which, you know what? Respect that they announced this on Monday. Uh, they have already said that Jake Hayner is not playing in this game. <laughs> it's going to be Logan Fife again. Um, Great. Logan well, Fife. Ball game. Logan Fife is fucking terrible. Terrible quarterback. Absolutely. One of the awful. worst quarterbacks in the FBS. Uh, worse. That, that offense in general. Is he the when, worst quarterback in the country? He's really bad. He, he's, he's really, really bad. He's got to be up there. Um, that offense in general uh, is not well designed, but when it doesn't have Jake Hayner making plays, it is especially not well designed. Uh, Jeff Tedford maybe was not ready to come back to college football. Maybe he should have just been done, honestly. Maybe Jeff Tedford yeah. should have just called it a career. Seems like he does not actually really know what he's doing anymore. I mean, could they just hire Brett Brennan? Like, he would probably take that job, mm. right? That that would be really funny. That would be a really funny thing to do. I don't know that they. I don't know that they would. Um, but that would be. Uh, that would be interesting. I don't know because that's happened to San Jose State before. I think they, they've lost coaches within the conference, like within the state, even if memory serves. I don't know what the guy who the guy was. Pretty embarrassing. I mean, like I guess at a certain point, if you're Brent Bennon, do you just want to try to build this program up, like until you get a Power Five job? Because like, yeah. if Tedford's going to be this, and Brady Hoke is embroiled in scandal and also faltering at San Diego State, like you can be the best G five team in the state. Yeah, I mean he's don't he's doing it. They are doing it. They've they, that's, he's done it two yeah. the last three years. <laughs> that's where they are. Yes, he has done that. Um, I would guess that he is going to get that that Power Five job. But if he doesn't, I'm I'm more than happy to but keep who him in the mountain this West. year. Though, like I, I don't know who in the West Coast is going to. I mean, like he's not going to go East, right? Probably not. Like I, I don't uh, know who well, the West. Co- open. Colorado and Arizona State are already open, and only one of them can hire yeah. Tom Herman. There's only one Tom Herman style individual, <laughs> as we all know. Uh, there's there's no copies, no duplicates. He is. He is, is it crazy to say though you may if you're him you may not want to take colorado uh no i don't think that's crazy personally i wouldn't take colorado in my current yeah. position i'm just gonna hire ryan walters if i'm that might just hire ryan walters and just be done with it but. yeah but um maybe he would maybe san jose state is not like a better job no <laughs> of course not but it's just like i don't think you have any path to victory in colorado also the conference is so uncertain yeah you don't know what league you're going to be in in, in five years like yeah, if I was Brent Brennan and, and I had Arizona State, I had Colorado, and I had 
will throw Boise in. I, I don't think that's going to actually open. It seems like uh, Dirk Cutter has kind of saved them there, which maybe yeah. just make him the head coach. But um, if those three were open, I would probably do Arizona State, then Boise, then Colorado in that in that order. I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's the way coaches would act because the money's just so substantially better at Colorado, but that's how I would agree too. I don't know I that mean, it is, honestly. I don't know if it is. Yeah, I mean, better. look, come on. Even like you're, you're getting like six and a half a year at Colorado now at minimum. Like, yeah. What are you're, your, you're, what are if, your... if you get fired, you're walking away with $30 million guaranteed. What are your assistants getting though? Because that seems like that's been the issue at Colorado State or Colorado but, is but, that they don't I, actually right. invest in anything beyond the co- the head coach. Fair enough. But I mean, if someone tells you, hey, you have a chance at a Power 5 job and no matter what happens, you are guaranteed to get $30 million <laughs> like that you'll have the rest of your life. That does uh, sound nice. Yeah. All right. I'm in. I'll, I'll be the next coach at Colorado. <laughs> You've convinced me. That does sound That's like good. That's basically what... Every time a Big Ten assistant gets hired at, at Rutgers or, or like Boston College, like Jeff Halfley did, that's the choice they're making. They're like, yeah. hey, I'll probably fail, but I can go back to D coordinator job anytime I want. And I also just got $30 million that I'll have in my pocket. It is very funny that it seems like Brent Venables has done that with Oklahoma. That's a cool school to do that to. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, he's getting 50 mil. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm running off the bag. I don't, I don't even, I, I'm sorry. You guys are going to have to, you said I can expense this, right? <laughs> I can expense yeah. the 50 million that I'm going to need. Here. Brent Venables, James Franklin, Mel Tucker, Brian Kelly, all just, or Jimbo Fisher all just robbing money from like power programs right now. It's yeah. really, really cool. Yeah. Bag chasers. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. We respect it. Um, all right, cool. Yeah. Good week of college football should be fun. Looking forward to it. You can honestly uh, good week of the podcast. Good performance by us here. Yeah. Good, good stuff by us to, uh, not, not <laughs> <laughs> to, to just, you know, we, we got on here, we did our thing. We watched the film. Yeah. We got better. We put it all together. We played a complete game. Uh, we, yeah, we just pitched seven innings, like one earned run, like 93 pitches, like efficient, yeah. good work in the playoffs, like save the relievers for next game. Uh, good work by us, the wild card. Yeah. And now there's only one question and it's the question that both of, both of us are asking and we're doing it on this late on a Monday night. Uh, folks who up in Columbus trying to suck some dick exclamation point. <laughs> I'm the, I'm the third string receiver. I'm Ray small. Don't you want to come on? You know me. I'm Ray small. uh... (laughs) And don't forget, by the way, if you haven't been on social media, do not forget us to send your hashtag Patrick Mayhorn Busted Down Challenge. Uh Uh, We are still taking submissions on that. And it will be played on on our uh, Kirk Barton, you know, criminal live stream, his perp walk live stream. (laughs) We will be playing (laughs) your hashtag Patrick Uh Mayhorn Busted Down Challenges. So so please get those submitted. Uh, We've heard a lot of of, of people say, oh, it's really, it's like almost the exact same. It's indistinguishable from the the Lola Bunny Challenge. And that is not true. It's very different, okay? And I'm not going to explain why it's different, but it is. It's di- it's very different. Um, and the real ones know that. The real ones understand yeah. the, the the minutia, the differences. Um, yeah, well, well, Patrick, keep on shaking it like a red nose into next week. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll see you on our podcast on Sunday. Yep.